The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on High at Nine News are those of the individual speakers and not those of High at Nine News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. That's right. It is Thursday, September 14th. Today is National Gretchen. Get ready. You're going to love this. It's National School Picture Day. Okay. National Virginia Day. Too bad we don't have Rico here. It's also National Eat a Hoagie Day. National Live. You eat some hoagies? Oh, my God. Oh. My whole life. Oh, man. Gretchen loves hoagies. I know what people eat on the West Coast. We call them hoagies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do y'all call them? Um, I think we call them submarines out here. It's, it's also National Live Creative Day, National Cream-Filled Donut Day, National Sober Day, and get this, it's also National Parents' Day Off Day. Look at that. All of the dope dads out there. It's your day off. Just let the kids just jump around on the couch in the bed and just destroy the house. But nonetheless, thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we are live every day, Monday through Friday, on YouTube. And today we also are streaming live on Rumble, so make sure if you're on Rumble you check us out there as well. But... Nonetheless, we are going to kick it off. We're going to go ladies first today. We're going to kick it off with Gretchen. That's right, Gretchen Gailey. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies, our very own Washington Insider, and loves to tell pot love and libs all about themselves and send them crying home with their crying towels. That's right. It is none other than the Gretchen Gailey. Good morning. My favorite thing to do, as you all know, is beat the shit out of Jason back with my rightness. So, that's why yeah, right. Today. Yeah, good Key luck House with that. Committee clears psychedelic amendments to defense bill for floor votes, but blocks marijuana proposals. Shocker, Matt Gates shit didn't go anywhere as predicted. We all knew that. Wasting our time. That's my story in a nutshell. It's Not never a waste of time. time. It was. It's Basically, th- all they put forward were psychedelic stuff. None of the marijuana got added to DOD. Oh, well. What'd I tell you? told you what were the psychedelic amendments that were added to dod what were the psychedelics amendments that were added to the dod psychedelic amendments all right you want more detail fine of course uh let's see here uh representative dan crenshaw's bill 
which provides funding for the Defense Health Agency to submit a report to Congress on options to ensure that active duty service members who are suffering from traumatic brain injuries and post-traumatic stress disorder are able to participate in clinical trials under the Department of Veteran Affairs for the purposes of studying the effectiveness of psychedelic substances. And then the other bill that passed, and when I say passed, it's just actually been added to the spending bills. It hasn't actually gone anywhere yet. Uh, Representative Morgan Luttrell and Dan Crenshaw provide $15 million in funding for the DOD-wide psychedelic medical clinical trials. That's it. That's all that was added. None of this, no testing by the state, none of Jason's uh, boyfriend's bill that would uh, stop uh, testing. I, 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 I said that it wasn't going to go anywhere from the beginning, so I don't understand why you're beating this dead horse. I said that it's fantastic that he's continuing to bring this point up and continues to introduce it. Right, time for a poll. Is Jason Beck a flip-flopping liar? No. Yeah, Jason let's, Beck let's is Jason Beck is the realest shit you'll ever meet in your life. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's what it is. Um, what what? I mean, I I think this is still good though that the psychedelics bill made made the the NDAA. It's going to be interesting. I wonder how they're how 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 they how they they are able to classify them because they are allowing for for veterans to be able to consume these substances or what what part of national they're, security they're are they are they clinical research at the VA that's okay. what it's doing all right all right that makes sense that makes sense and and the funding to do it what do you think Dale well my story this morning's on um, psychedelics too and it's good to get it into the lexicon uh, mm-hmm. in Congress that people aren't like running for the doors and shitting themselves when they talk about psychedelics. Uh, but we still have a long ways to go. And I'm, I'm happy to see that they're going to allow veterans to do this or, or they're going to move towards that. And even active duty people who have traumatic brain injuries can participate in these studies. Um, but, you know, that that's a baby step towards trying to fix this problem with psychedelics and, and how it's used and what it's efficacious for and things like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, but the the thing that also concerns me, though, with this is that nothing of cannabis went forward. So that shows you uh, Congress's appetite to do more on cannabis. I think you're reading way too much into that, Gretchen. I don't. I do. I mean, what what else was proposed to be in the NDAA besides other cannabis bills? Because I'm only familiar with Matt Gates' I mean, bill that was proposed to be were, in there. They were mainly all about testing. About not having to test people in states where cannabis was legal. So that was that was all Matt Gates' bill. Federal workers. That was all Matt Gates' mm-hmm. bill. That's that. So that's and only one bill. Matt Gates. Matt Gates' bill was specifically the military. Oh, okay. Okay. So you're saying there was one that Matt Gates Garcia, introduced. He was the guy who put forward this in like five different types of spending bills. He added this legislation because it would cover so many different agencies, and they didn't take up any of it. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. They probably didn't want to have any more budget cuts. Oh, there's your poll, Gretchen. Where's See, seventy five percent say you're full of crap, Gretchen. Is Jason a what? What does that say? Mm-hmm. Is Jason a flip flopper? Look, says. seventy seventy eight percent say no. That's right. All right, let's give it's us consistent. a few minutes. I'm going to start stacking this some, poll. Like yeah, I bet. I bet you are. You said like they do in D.C. You mean like the Democrats yeah, do yeah. voting? Yeah, yeah. Don't trust poll numbers. <laughs> I would like Adam. 
to run back the video. Let's find some old video where Jason's like, Matt Gates is my favorite. I can't he wait is. for him to come out and say we're together. It's my blah, guy. Blah, blah, blah. This pass. You're so crazy. You're such a <laughs> so you live in such a fantasy world, I Gretchen. recall this this distinctively in my mind. You, I mean, you can come up with any fantasy that you want to in your mind, Gretchen. That's totally fine, and oh, no one's here I'm to stop you. About you Jason we Max. all know this. We all know this is a reality. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just is. Just is what she it is. Smokes weed because of the nausea, right, Gretchen? <laughs> hold on, hold on, Dale. You missed the video this this Monday. You missed the video this Monday. It was Gretchen smoking weed, and her eyes got as red as her hair. Dark out. I don't know how you can say my eyes are red. Because I have the video. You know what happened. I have Adam. Do you have the video, Adam? Hold on. We're we're gonna play the video. We're gonna play the video. Yeah, we're gonna play this video again just to show everybody how red your eyes were, Gretchen, because they matched your hair. It was like um, what are those colored contact lenses? There we go. There we go. Look at look at how red those eyes are. Look at that. Hitting that nasty swisher with outdoor poof weed. Getting red, hella red ass eyes right there. Yep, yep, see, look at that. Red eyes. Red eyes don't lie. I don't need to make things up. I just tell it like it is. I don't, let me tell you what I make up, okay? I make money. Okay? That's the only thing that I make up. I mean, here out of nowhere. Stop it. Stop it! Stop it! All right, I'm gonna go like in. Like Matt Gates's bills. Matt Gates's bill is is amazing. Yeah, my, go nowhere. A man, do nothing. You're just a hater. Like it's Matt okay. Gates, waste of time. You're just that a hater. Should be his new uh, title in Congress. Haters are gonna hate. King of waste of you know, time. Queen of the Rhino Republicans. Thought he's gonna be the new Speaker of the House. Right? He is. He he just may be. You you're very close on that one, Dale. That is Nobody a wants high the job, high. Dale. I mean, I know I, they're all jumping off the roof to avoid it. I think they, I think they could force Jim Jordan to do it to take it, but nonetheless, what? yeah. That's Lord, next. Right. Okay, all right. whatever, 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 Gretchen. But uh, you know, this, you, you guys are gonna love this. You guys are gonna love this. I, I brought you guys some good news today on this Thursday. Are you ready for this, Gretchen? Because Wait. Nebraska medical marijuana advocates are confident the third time is the charm. That's right. Advocates for medical marijuana officially launched their campaign Wednesday to place the issue on the 2024 ballot filled with confidence. The third time will finally be the charm. Chris, uh, Krista Eggers, I don't believe any relation to Chris Eggers, uh, campaign manager for Nebraska for medical marijuana, has worked on the on the drive during each of the last two attempts to support her nine-year-old son, Colton, a third grader who has epilepsy and seizures, severe seizures. But she and other advocates are maintaining that after two failed drives, the day is coming soon when she'll be able to tell her son, we did it. In a quote, I do know that that day will come when I get to tell him and that he will understand that by sharing something that's very personal and very painful. He helped, he helped make a change. Someday there will be a patient that I get to talk to and they won't have to had to have had this battle anymore, Egger said. It will be worth it for that one patient that does not have to face so what so many of us have had to face, she says. This year's drive includes two separate measures, the Patient Protection Act and the Medical Cannabis Regulation Act. The first would protect patients and caregivers, the other 
would set the regulatory environment. The campaign anticipates it will need at least 87,000 verified voter signatures on each measure, but is seeking many more as a buffer. If enough valid signatures are gathered by July 3rd, the measure would be placed before voters on November 5th in 2024. Last year, Nebraskans for medical marijuana co-chaired the state Senate, uh, co-chaired by State Senator Anna Wishart, a former state Senator Adam Moorfield, both of Lincoln, did not collect signatures from 5% of voters in, the la- in, in at least 38 of Nebraska's 93 counties in 2020. A medical marijuana initiative qualified for the ballot, but the Nebraska Supreme Court ruled it violated the state's single subject rule. The campaign cited the death of a major donor last year as a reason it fell short of the county-level signatures, Mm -hmm. and this time the campaign is starting earlier than before and focusing on the 38-county requirement with hopes more time will aid the group regardless of funding. Wishart said the campaign aims to meet the county's requirement by year's end. If not, she said a huge chunk of counties will be secured. Moorfield said the reason for the efforts uh, to continue is because people are suffering. And in a quote, she says, there are people that have loved ones that are still here and suffering today. And that's why we get up and do this every day. Moorfield told a few dozen people gathered at Duffy's Tavern in downtown Lincoln, Nebraska. Wishart has tried various times to pass a medical marijuana bill in the legislature, including a 2021 bill that fell two votes short of advancing to another debate round. This year, Wishart introduced legislative uh, bill 588, the Medical Cannabis Act, but it did not advance from the Judiciary Committee. Wishart told the Nebraska Examiner that she has a ticking clock this time around, and she knows she has one more shot as a state senator to get medical marijuana over the finish line. She will be term limited next year. She said the choice now is either a ballot initiative with a much broader language because it cannot set specific regulations due to the single subject requirement or a legislative bill that goes into much more detail, she added. In a quote, she says, I don't see any chance of the bill passing, so we're going to go with the ballot drive, Wishart said. Governor Jim Pillen said in a statement that he believes in protecting Nebraska children and that legalizing marijuana poses demonstrations. Uh, poses demonstrated harms to our children. Access to medical marijuana should only happen if it has undergone the FDA-approved process, Fillon said, referring to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Wishart said she has talked with Pillen about this issue and said the system at the FDA level is broken. For example, marijuana remains a Schedule One drug, the highest classification possible. And uh, she said a majority of states have legalized cannabis without interference from the federal branch and anticipates the initiative will garner statewide support. In a quote, I'm not a betting person, Wishart told the examiner, but if I was, I would wager if it was exclusively the third district that got to vote for it, it would still pass. State Senator Pete Ricketts, Republican from Nebraska, opposed the medical marijuana group's past efforts during his time as governor, and he gained national attention in 2021 when he said, if you legalize marijuana, you're going to kill your kids. Eggers uh, said she just can't get behind that because she knows what is harming her son, who she described as a typical kid who loves flag football and Legos. Oh, look at that, Rochelle. And he, she also says, I know what is killing my child, and that is having horrific seizures 
daily for the past six years, Eggers said. Uh, Leah Post of Springfield attended the launch party Wednesday and said she got involved with the legalization efforts after she became disabled eight years ago with a rare illness called complex regional pain syndrome. And she went from working full-time as a senior executive assistant to the chief financial officer of a major company and not being able to take a shower and being barely able to get out of bed. In a quote, she says, basically my illness just stopped me in my tracks, Post said. Hasn't been an easily easy journey, she added, but she is very hopeful the campaign will be successful and she will be seen simply as a patient. For me, just getting my diagnosis was huge, Post said, but the day I get to use cannabis for it legally, there will be a party, she says. Well, 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 happy, happy day for all the people out in Nebraska that want to bring medical cannabis to the state. And uh, hopefully they're able to, to secure all these signatures, but we are going to wait and follow along and see what happens. And this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News Hour. What do y'all think about this? Corn husking weed. Holy prohibition state Batman. I know I'm, yeah. I think that our, our medical cannabis program here in Texas is pretty crappy, but uh, what is Nebraska now only one of two states that doesn't allow medical cannabis for their, for their, Citizens? I, I think it's 11 states. Is it 11? 11, yeah. There's currently 38 states that have medical. Okay. Well, I was off and a little bit. Them, but still. They have like the CBD, right? They've approved. like, like I think there's 46 oh, with CBD. Yeah. All right. So I was wrong. So 12 states, not 11. It's 12. You were all wrong. And look, I mean, they're always wrong. They're, and if you check out that poll, it shows you're always wrong. But I'm let's continue. Never wrong. This guy's happy with it being regulated by the FDA, but look at some of the crap the FDA has, has regulated and give us that you know that's in our food and, and shit like that. Like, what a backwards ass. Yeah, the, 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 this governor definitely has 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 his head screwed on a little crooked on here since he wants cannabis to be regulated by the FDA. He's definitely definitely tripping and definitely doesn't understand all the nuances in regards to and. uh I'd be interested. I'd be interested. Uh, oh, I don't even want to go on that topic on this, you guys. I don't even want to go there. Really not trying to go there on this one. I was going to just say, you know, the FDA passes all kinds of things that are damaging people every day. So, well, didn't didn't they just get called out for putting PE in, in decongestants when it doesn't decongest you? There we go. It's like, fuck, you guys, when you want something, you go do it. And then afterwards, it's like, oh, it's kind of embarrassing. Like, why in the fuck would you do this? I don't know. Why do you do anything at the FDA? I want to say this in all fairness, too, right? A lot, of, a lot of us have to understand that even though we know that this governor is very, very wrong in what it is that he's saying, we do have to understand that it's based on the contingency of his own improper education. How old is this man? Ancient, right? So back back in the day, they said a lot of things about marijuana that consequently wasn't true. And when you are older, you know, you don't constantly do research, especially in things that you're not even interested in. Mm -hmm. You just go by what you know and what your parents said and what people said before. And it's not to say that he means to be, you know, an a-hole or he means to be, you know, so uh, so incorrect. It's just saying that he's just not educated on the subject. And maybe someone should be trying to educate him needs, on the subject. He needs you to evolve. I mean? Maybe he'll come up to speed. Yeah, he needs to evolve on this issue a little bit more. That's he for needs sure. To evolve on the issue. Mm -hmm. He needs to. Maybe Gretchen can take a... Evolving. It's like what Tony says. He needs to be educated. Um, That's evolving. But I don't disagree with his uh, stance on the FDA. 
there will come a time where medicine, don't give me that look, Stone Slade. I see that look. Yeah, trash. Medicine needs to be replicable. It needs to meet compliancy. I mean, there's just so many things for patients that they needed. I'm talking from a very medical standpoint. Immune compromised people need specific shit. And just to say, here's some we go at it. That's not. That's so not you think the FDA is is the people is is the, is the is the board that people should be trusting for this when you have I think everything I think going on in America. Create an additional agency to work with them uh, to deal with. Hold on. So you're advocating for more government. <laughs> Jason, that I am advocating I'm just for making sure to have I'm hearing you properly medicine that they can get on their doorstep they can get in their drugstore that will make it accessible to everyone that is what i am arguing for and if you want to turn it into some bullshit argument about too much government knock yourself out i was just I'm asking i'm fighting here for the patient i gotta go with, I gotta go with jason on this one man yeah. the fda should not be involved FDA. with cannabis at all whatsoever continue on with my my stance that it needs to be a nutraceutical I'm I, I'm with that. I agree with that. Ways. And nutraceuticals are not governed by the FDA. Specific FDA approved medicinal products that are for whatever that they like, and then you still have your nutraceutical options and get that naturally. Uh, who's as you who's, like. who's going to pay farmers markets for those folks like Nicole Buffon who want to have the beautiful sun grown oh, right God. out of the mold and talk to our hey, farmers you know, about the indoor you know, booth that Jason Beck is pushing. Oh boy, I want to say that, uh, baby girl. Uh, Gigi, mm -hmm. I'll follow you a lot of places, but baby, I can't follow you anywhere that allows the FDA to have further control and trust over anything that's being just dis distributed to the American people. There are countless things that mm -hmm. we can point at the FDA did, which was harmful. Exactly. Facts. And they, they don't even do a real job of seeing what ingredients are or investigating side effects. Like we know that to be preposterous because we just was told to take something that was experimental, which was severely detrimental to a ton of people. Mm -hmm. So I'm just against the FDA having any regulate any regulatory capabilities over marijuana and any capacity whatsoever, because this agency surely just can't be trusted. I mean, you yep. can't you can't tell someone to harm themselves, but then tell someone that this person should have the capability to tell you how to also be healthy. And not to mention, you have no legal recourse if 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 it harms you. Exactly, you'll be suing yeah. yourself. Exactly. I hear you, and I hear what you're saying, and I'm listening. Are you picking up I what we're putting down? Taking it all in. However, I'm also <laughs> a beast of Washington, and I understand the FDA is not going away. So this industry needs to learn how to fucking play with them. Uh, and all I'm saying is, we need to learn. We need to skirt them and not involve them. Is what I'm saying. Okay, well, that's not that's not a possibility, Jason Beck. It is a possibility. So, it, it is totally we're is. With what's really gonna there's not going to be any cannabis company that's going to be. There is zero, zero, absolutely zero cannabis companies. There is not one. There is not one single cannabis company in America that is going to be able to pay to have SKUs go all the way through an FDA federally funded study. Jason Beck, how much money you want to put on this? That you can keep the FDA not out one, of our hair. Not let's single do one. this. I, I, I would love. 10, I could totally do it. I could totally do it. Let's, let's put some real stuff. I could totally, I could totally you do really it. You really think the FDA is not going to be involved? Yeah. Yeah, there's a way to do it. Yes, there's a way to do it. 100%. Because, hold on, hold on. Because, because cannabis previously, prior to prohibition, pri prior to prohibition, cannabis was in the U.S. pharmacopoeia. 
So therefore, there is a way for this all to be done outside of FDA. So yes. So you're willing, but how much money you got, Jason Beck? Let's do this. You already put up your 401k, Gretchen. So you got to match that. I'll put your 401k up against my 401k. I, yeah, because I'm sure you have a 401k. <laughs> oh, I, I, don't have, I don't have a dog in this fight. But I can tell you I've been dealing with government bureaucracies long enough to know that once they get somebody funded and a bureaucracy's up and running, mm -hmm. they are not going to go away. The DEA ain't going away. The FDA ain't going away. The U.S. Department of Agriculture ain't going away. And they're all going to be involved in this at some level and at some point. And how to even if we get this descheduled and put it into the ATF, someone's going to have to assure that the products are safe and effective for people. And if you over advertise what you know, if you say, oh, smoking weeds cures cancer, they're going to shut your ass down for things like that. It's just going to be a reality. You got to think abstract. You have to use the because it's not a right or left. They're both the same. You have to use the machine tactics against the machine. That's right. In order to remove the FDA out of the equation, you have to use what the machine is using, social justice. You have to say that allowing the FDA to be able to govern it would be racist because a great deal of majority of people who are in the marijuana business and who cultivate marijuana and who recreationally use marijuana as well as for medicinal purposes are black. All you got to do is just play them. It's the same thing they do. They do it all the time. If you want to keep them out, this is exactly what you need to do. And the moment a movement starts like that and you start saying it's the man and you involve color, the FDA is going to be like, I don't know if we can touch that this year. I don't know if we can do this this year. I I'm just saying, Gre listen, Gretchen, listen, to me, I, love I know. You. I love you to death. I don't see I that see, from what, from what I up. see. From what I see, I'm not thinking like everyone else is thinking. The mm -hmm. FDA is never going to go away. I'm quite certain that they're not. And then maybe they'll make a sister group or organization or something like that. That way they can wiggle their way in there. But if for sure, if you want to stop the government from doing something, you have to create a movement that will become large enough. And perception is key. This is and the that's reason why, why the government has gone person. away after Black Lives Matter. The government has left everyone alone and said, do what you want to do. That's bullshit. What do you mean? They use Black Lives Matter to fund over a damn near billion dollars. You can get out there and you can push all the movement that you want. It doesn't change dick. Black Lives that Matter didn't change a law. No, didn't no. change how they defunded the police. Oh, 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 Gretchen, Gretchen. Black Lives Matter was not, that was not an organic group. The man who started it was murdered in his car and then four lesbians hijacked it due to the government's part, and Act Blue was the, was the primary funder. There Act we Blue go. funneled all of that money from destroying all those communities and then gave it to a bunch of people on the Democrat ticket that were running for office because they couldn't raise a ticket to go to the movies, let alone cash to get reelected. That's how they got all the money in the first place. So you cannot equate Blue, um, uh, um, uh, Black Lives Matter or whatever that, that trash is to an actual grassroots real black movement that involves black people, that black people have actual dollars in and say, no one from my community had any say in anything about Black Lives Matter. They destroyed the communities and ran through all of them. I think we have a great misconception of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something real, not nothing fake. Give me one moment. Oh, boy. Look at that mic drop right there. Well, I still I stand by. Movements That's don't cool. get laws changed. Stand stand on by. Walk on by. Until you know we come I mean? together. Yeah, this industry, this industry has no way coming together as we Let's get Tell Cannabis back to stand together if you want to see some change.
Tell that to Martin. You just said it then. You said that no movement with you said we got to stand together. But that's a movement, Queen. You mm -hmm. got to hear yourself. I get it. Martin Luther King died. And look what changed. This, can you get this community to come together? This is what I'm doing. All right. This Fantastic. is what I do. This is on my end. This is what I do. I'm, I'm over there building a whole army of like-minded people who are able to be different, but sit in the same room and come up with ideas to change the world for the better. Which is what and we do is every day here on High at Nine Perception is key. Perception is key. And if you want to stop the government from doing something, that's the reason why they're censoring people out there, because they know that if you have enough influence, you can change the perception. Mm -hmm. If you can change people's perception, you can change, change their minds direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can change their minds. And the government don't like that. Nope. I'm, I'm just keeping it. I'm somebody who's severely shadow banned because of my content. I've been all over the news. I just did over 20 million views and no one over here would even know it. It didn't even come from my page. It came from someone else's sharing my stuff. But the news won't have me on there. It's because they know something organic would be dangerous. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing they said when they thought about MLK and um, Martin, uh, 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 Malcolm X. They don't want something organic growing. But trust me, they can't stop it. I'm mm -hmm. here for a reason. We very, too. very, very true. Very, very true. But we got to keep we have to keep it rolling in the essence of time. We got a lot of stories to get through today. Coming up next, we have everyone's favorite foul mouth uncle. That's right. It is Mr. Dale Schaefer. He at one point in time did some time for a cannabis crime and was helping all of the inmates with all of their legal work pro bono. That's right. It is. And now he is the founder of Armada Law Practices, none other than the Mr. Dale Schaefer. Hey, good morning, everybody. And for those on the East Coast, good afternoon. My story this morning comes out of Law 360. It's fairly simple. Psychedelics decriminalization bill clears California legislature. Um, California is trying to be the third state in the nation um, to decriminalize uh, plant-based psychedelics. The, the guy who pushed this bill through, Scott, Senator Scott Weiner, he lost in the last session. So he's come back again with a, I don't want to call it watered down, but it, it's, it's got less features to it. And it, what it's going to do uh, as of January 1st, 2025, is decriminalize uh, mescaline, psilocybin, psilocin, and plant-based DMT. They scratched out ibogaine when it went back um, for some more look in the assembly. It's, it's headed to the governor's desk. And as I've talked in several times in these uh, initiatives and these state laws, there's a lot of features that still need to be answered here. And one of the, the things that uh, this law is going to do is put together a working group. And I know that tends to be mental masturbation. It doesn't get a lot done, but at least they're gonna take a look at such things as um, therapeutic use and including uh, training and qualifications for therapists and facilitators, develop policy recommendations, um, which is what most of these committees do, statewide programs uh, providing therapeutic psychedelic services. What's that gonna look like? The education and training required. What are these facilities going to look like? Are there gonna be any rules and regulations for that? Uh, and also statewide cred credentialing of facilitators and therapists. Now, these have been some of the questions that haven't yet been answered. And one of the things that I saw in California when the cannabis industry started to go, everybody and his brother declared they're a consultant, knew what the fuck they were talking about. And maybe 20, 30% of them had an idea, the rest of them were just full of shit. 
and we've been dealing with some of the consequences of people who don't know what they're doing when it comes to drugs and alcohol and counseling and therapy sessions coming in and declaring that I'm, you know, I'm a, got a PhD or whatever they claim they've got in something. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. Now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to grow psilocybin mushrooms or to take them. And this, this law is going to allow for personal use, grow up to a gram of these substances that contain, of the, the fungi, if you will, that contain all this stuff. And four four uh, grams of substance itself, you can produce that and take it at home yourself. But if you're going to allow people to be a therapist or a facilitator and have places where it's going to be distributed, uh, the state committee is going to work on um, how do you guarantee that this is safe and effective? You can't have somebody growing in their backyard with cow shit sending it into a store and giving it to people. There's got to be some rules and regulations about this. I haven't seen them that actually work. But I don't think you need to have a PhD in psychology to be a facilitator or a therapist in this either. So there's a lot of room in here to try to fill in gaps that would be practical and that would actually work. But one of the things that I, I'm seeing in this bill is it has drastically, drastically decriminalized almost all drug use here. Now, if you provide these to children under the age of 14, it's got prison sentences, two, four, and six years. Everything else that you do with respect to these is either a misdemeanor with a maximum fine of $70. It kind of, I kind of laughed at it. Take a look at it again. $70 fucking dollars is all a judge can fine you. Okay. And that's, that's for taking it onto a school ground. I mean, shit like that, okay? Um, many of these are made in fractions. And if you're a kid caught with this, you get education and community service. So they're trying not to fill up jails with people who do this. Okay? But this is going to be interesting to see how it rolls out. Because if, if the governor signs this, and it's going to take a year to take effect, between now and then, I'm hard-pressed to think overworked um, cops and jurisdictions are going to be anxious to go out and try to look up people that are taking mushrooms, unless you're under the influence driving a car or something. I think it's going to further influence the, uh, um, let's just not put this as a priority enforcement. If you find somebody fucked up on mushrooms driving a car and thinks they're flying like, you know, Flintstones, that's a different story. But for most people, leave them alone. And this is another step towards normalizing the use of um, psychedelics for depression, PTSD, anxiety, and especially drug addiction. It's got a lot of promise for drug addiction. So the governor's going to have this on his desk, may have it already, and we'll see if Gavin Newsom, who's a closet wannabe presidential candidate, see if he's going to be willing to step up and do this and you know wear it as a badge of honor or if he's going to duck it and hide from it and stay out of the limelight, I don't know. We'll see. It's a, I think it's a good step if we can pass it. It's just got a lot of unanswered questions. So I'm going to throw it back at you. What do you all have to say? Man, psychedelics. I think I think ultimately he's going to sign this bill, though, Dale. I think so, too. Yeah, I think I think he definitely will sign this. What, what, what do you think about this bill, Rochelle? You love psychedelics. I mean, I think it's a, definitely a great start, a step in the right direction. I wrote about this for Green State last week, and I spoke with Reggie Harris from Oakland High Bay, who's pretty active in the, in the Bay Area psychedelic community. And, you know, he agrees that it's a great step in the right direction, but, you know, we still need to do more to ensure that, um, you know, there aren't penalties beyond this, right, in California and keep fighting 
uh, for legal psychedelics and you know he's a little bit more radical he wants all drugs legalized some people agree with that some people don't but um, I think it's it's definitely sending the right message and I think that um, especially that the plant-based psychedelics um, I think is an important distinction right mm-hmm. psilocybin yep. versus, versus LSD so I mean I feel like well, LSD is getting discriminated against though if you're making it only plant-based medicines but it's a synthetic and that, that's part of the problem because you you can derive LSD from ergot but most of it's done synthetically now but one one of the um, steps we need to take here is to protect I mean I'm an attorney we have clients who do psychedelics and and it's it's a difficult dance to take because this is still illegal and so mm-hmm. when you go to an attorney we try to you know explain to you how to do this we have to delineate lines that we can't step over like we used to have to do with weed I'd like to see them put in some protections for contracting for this at the state level and not have it be a, a breach of professional conduct for an attorney to advise you and help you set up businesses to do this. We still got some more to go. And for me and other attorneys who do psychedelic work, you know, we're, we're still reluctant to jump in it because, I mean, I went to prison for fucking weed. I'm not looking to go to prison for mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So we still got some ways to go here. I'm curious, Dale, um, when Minneapolis announced their uh, executive order, essentially, like decriminalizing certain psychedelics, I spoke with um, a defense attorney in Minneapolis, and maybe this is, you know, more Minnesota based, but he was saying that he didn't really uh, see a lot of cases involving psilocybin um, in his practice in Minnesota. It was more that it was about other drugs and sometimes psilocybin or psychedelics would be found but he didn't think much would change in terms of how um, hardcore the cops are about psychedelics versus other drugs. Is that, what do you think about that? Well, I, what I can say is that it's gonna be um, specific to certain locations within California. And Gretchen, you may have figured this out. You get outside these big cities and it is, you know, Wyoming rural. They are conservative, the cops are conservative. So up where I live, there is no discussion about having any psychedelics up here. But we work in the Bay Area also. Our office is in Pleasanton. So we have a lot of clients in the Bay Area, which has made this the lowest enforcement priority. So we're going to have to sneak up on this a bit and see. Criminal defense attorneys run into drug issues more than attorneys like me who are corporate-based. We're trying to set the businesses up. Um, We are trying to make sure that we protect people as much as we can within confines of the corporate laws and things like that to protect their assets, still impossible to protect them from criminal charges. They make them low priority, but you can still get hit with a charge for this. This new legislation would take it out of the criminal sphere. And it also says in there that this is not contraband. You can't take it from people. It's not the basis for probable cause for warrants. I mean, they really shut down any shit that the cops tend to do and the DAs tend to do when they pinch you for drugs. I mean, they just stick a microscope up your ass and they rape you as hard as they can to get you to settle. And it's going to be taken away from all this in this legislation. Mm-hmm. Now, Dale, you said you said that uh, that you wouldn't go to prison for, for, for mushrooms. Well, I, I'm not looking to go to prison by advising people on how to do this. Okay. I've, I've played this game. They took all my records. I had to go to the appellate court. I was accused of the crime fraud, crime fraud exception to the attorney-client privilege, and they just were ugly. I'm not looking to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't think the environment in California is going to do that. 
But, you know, this is still a federal crime, too, and I'm a federal felon. So I would like to see some more guidance for attorneys who are trying to righteously help people do this in a way that's safe for the public and protects them from, you know, criminal liability and from civil liability and even administrative and regulatory liability. I'd like to see some more guidance along that those lines. Mm-hmm. But no, I ain't looking to go to prison for mushrooms. Well, I was going to say, so you don't want to be the fun guy on the yard, huh? Well, I've, I've been the fun wood on the yard before, oh, and, and it wasn't so boy. fun. Oh, man. We got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. Stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you are subscribed to the channel if you haven't subscribed already. And uh, on that, we're going to go to one more commercial. Let's try this one again. Relying on 25 years of commercial hydroponic experience, King Solomon Nutrients has engineered the best liquid and dry fertilizer products for cannabis that preserves the crop, the soil, and the environment. Through relentless passion, research, and innovation, King Solomon has developed simplified cannabis crop nutrition you can trust. It was created for farmers by farmers. Don't mess around. Try the crown. Well, 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 that video played pretty well today. Good, good deal, Adam. Good job over there, whatever you got cooking. And also, too, we are live on Facebook and live on Rumble, so we want, do want to welcome those audiences that are tuning in from those platforms. And coming up next, we have the man, Mr. Stone Slade, the man who loves to smoke Delta 8 every day under the bridge in the great red state of Texas. That's right. Oh, yeah, the boof master himself. That's right. It's none other than the Mr. Stone Slade on the high road. Woo, the only booth I get, my friend, I've gotten from Jason Beck. Yeah, also. right. Stop it. Stop it. Your eyes got redder than Gretchen's hair when you were hanging out with me. Get out of here. All right. My story today takes us to Colleen, Texas, the largest city in Bell County, where they're in a legal ba- battle with the county over decriminalizing cannabis. The appeal process surrounding the city of Colleen's voter-approved cannabis ordinance continues to make he- headlines. Bell County, having previously filed a civil lawsuit against the city this past April, is now due to submit its legal opening legal brief this uh, coming Monday, September 18th. To recap what brought on this lawsuit, basically the city passed a law that was voted on by the people, but the county wants that overturned. The city of Colleen's new law came into effect after Proposition A passed overwhelmingly with 69% in favor. The city, uh, this city law uh, essentially prohibits law enforcement officers from making arrests or issuing citations for low-level cannabis possession, except under certain limited circumstances. Bell County, however, countered by stating the measure prevented them from upholding state laws, thus prompting a lawsuit. Philip T. Kingston, the Dallas area attorney representing the city, maintains that only the state of Texas has the authority to sue a city. However, in a surprising turn, Judge Rick Morris ruled in favor of Bell County on May 25th, leading Colleen to file an appeal. 
while awaiting this appeal, both the city of Colleen and Ground Game Texas, an Austin-based political group who played a crucial role in getting Proposition A on the ballot, have requested oral arguments in court. Ground Game's 65-page brief highlights that post the 2019 Farm Bill, distinguishing between legal and illegal cannabis products based solely on sight or smell has become virtually impossible. The new ordinance, they argue, allows law enforcement to prioritize more serious crimes. Now let's talk money. Representing Colleen in this lawsuit is the Dallas area firm Shields and Windbus PC. So far, they've received over $57,000 from the city's general fund, and the city, uh, the Colleen City Council has set a cap at $100,000 for attorney's fees for this fiscal year for, the law, for this law, uh, lawsuit defense, raising eyebrows about the expenditure of taxpayer money. Councilman Ramon Alvarez stressed the importance of seeing the lawsuit to its conclusion, stating it's owed to the 70% of voters who approve ordinance. On the contrary, Councilman Joseph Solomon, who voted against increasing the Cannabis Defense Fund, emphasized that state laws should prevail. In closing, as the debate continues to unfold and the larger issues at hand become strikingly evident, it's disheartening to witness local government officials who are elected to represent and serve their communities blatantly challenging and undermining the clear voices of their constituents. More, Even more concerning is the audacity to do so using uh, resources funded by those very taxpayers. Such actions not only erode the foundation of our democratic process, but also challenge the integrity and role of governance itself. When those people in power prioritize their personal or political agendas over the collective will of the people, it fundamentally threatens the essence of democracy and really makes you ask who our elected officials truly serve. Stay tuned. We'll report uh, updates when we get them. I'm Stone Slade reporting for the Hyatt 9 News Hour. This, this is a classic battle we see in every state. Um, the federal government uh, has to stay out of state business per the, per the 10th Amendment, okay? State has um, health and safety and basic police powers. But within every state, the Constitution spells out what powers local jurisdictions have. And that looks like we have a pissing match over that right now. Now, I don't know what it's like in Texas, but in California, we have a statewide set of, of laws for criminal for controlled substances called the Uniform Controlled Substances Act. And local jurisdictions, cities and counties, cannot make laws that are contravening to the general law. And that's sort of the pissing match we've had. I just had a trial where this is one of the issues in the case. And I'm pretty sure that that's where this is going to be in Texas. Now, I don't know if this town has its own police force because a lot of small communities will contract with a county sheriff's office to provide law enforcement, which complicates this quite a bit. But there are certain things that a local jurisdiction just cannot make into law under um, state constitutional law and, and the state ordinances. So it's going to be interesting to see where that line gets drawn in Texas. It definitely will. And we, I mean, we do have like some of the, the bigger cities, Austin, Houston, Dallas, have some sort of decriminalization done. And some of the smaller cities around those big cities have seen it. But we were talking about this last week. Tony, this is definitely one of those counties. I don't think you want to get pulled over. Well, you're going to, you're not going home if you get pulled over, especially out, outside of Colleen. <laughs> Stay out of Bell County. I'm going to just say that I don't smoke and drive because it's irresponsible to drive under the influence. And people's lives are very important and I take it serious. So I do go in the confounds of safe places around people who don't mind to be elevated. And this has been a public service announcement brought to you by Tony Montega. <laughs> <laughs>
Tony. Don't break more than one law at a time, Tony. That's right, one law at a time. That is very, very true, one law at a time. Um, How do you pronounce this this county's name? Bell County. Or the the, the city then? Colleen or what is it? Colleen. Yeah. Yes, clean. Interesting. I don't Interesting. even visit. I don't even. I wouldn't even visit this. If someone say that they're there, well, you need to come here. <laughs> and uh, so that, that just that just is just kind of funny. I used to have an employee named named Callan, and uh, one of uh, my other Russian employees used to call her Colleen. I always thought that was just pretty interesting how he pronounced it. I was like, how do you get that from that? Like, what's going on? But nonetheless, um, do we have one more commercial, Adam, or are we rolling? All right, we have one more commercial. We're going to be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, she's a longtime cannabis and psychedelics journalist, and she is the editor of GreenState.com. I got it right today. I'm pretty impressed with myself. Look at that, Rochelle. It is Rochelle Gordon. She also has an extensive Lego collection, and we're going to – she shared some photos with with us to share with you, and so we are going to share some of her amazing Lego builds as well throughout this story, but it is none other than the Rochelle Gordon. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm very excited to show off my Lego collection. Um, so that's very nice. Um, so my story today actually uh, extends a little bit from the stories from yesterday about smokable hemp. Um, I'm talking about THCA flower. Now, for those of you who are unaware, um, there are several states and uh, brands who are shipping what is essentially cannabis nationwide under the auspices that it is legal hemp since it contains high levels of THCA, which is the precursor to THC. Um, but somehow, uh, there are several states that are selling this, saying that it's legal, but is it really? And this is what I wanted to dive into. Um, so even though THCA flower looks and smells like traditional cannabis that you see with the same psychoactive effects, Somehow, under the guise of the federal government, it's legal, not under every state. So, is it legal? It depends on who you ask. And I'm going to go ahead and meet this guy. Um, so, THCA turns into THC when it's exposed to heat, the decarb- decarboxylation, pro- decarboxylation process. All THC flour starts as THCA flour. Since the THCA converts to THC, the moment that you light the joint or the bowl, you're creating the THC at that moment. But according to the 2018 Farm Bill, hemp is defined as cannabis flour with no more than 0.3% THC by dry weight. Any bud exceeding this is considered illegal marijuana under Schedule 1 controlled substance. But since... THCA was not factored in to the pre-harvest testing, THC, Delta-9 THC, is considered, in some definition of the Farm Bill, 
to be the only cannabinoid that matters when you're defining what hemp is. Uh, the debate over the legality of THCA flower and the interpretation of the federal guideline is an extremely hot topic. Um, Rod Kite, who is an attorney who's been speaking frequently on THCA flower, says, under federal law and the laws of some but not all states, THCA flower is not a controlled substance. The sole metric for distinguishing hemp from marijuana is the level of delta-9 THC. The levels of other cannabinoids, including THCA, are irrelevant to the material's legal status. However, Jared Reams, another attorney and partner at Eklund and Blando, disagrees, saying if this were true, all cannabis would be hemp because THC is what the plant creates. In sum, THCA flower is not legal and is in fact just run-of-the-mill cannabis. Now it all comes down to the testing, right? So they do the pre-harvest testing. If they find that it's less than 0.3% THC, it's good to go. However, the USDA issued a interim ruling saying that the total THC is THC plus 0.877% of the THCA. Um, however, not every state utilizes the federal guidelines. Some do require post-harvest testing, in which case you'll likely be hot. Some growers will test their plants extremely early before cannabinoids really begin to express to get away with these things. With all the different variations in testing standards and the language about what constitutes hemp versus cannabis in the farm bill, it's relatively easy for THCA flower to end up on the marketplace. But it's still a legal gray area. Uh, cookies recently raised eyebrows after it offered customers in many states the ability to buy so-called THCA flour online. Uh, to ensure compliance with the federal guidelines, the company only ships to states where smokable THCA flour has been deemed legal. Uh, according to their legal counsel, that is Alabama, Arkansas, Colorado, Nevada, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Vermont, West Virginia, and Wyoming. So allegedly THCA flower is legal in all of these states. They looked at the way that they do the testing. They look at which if USDA guidelines they adhere to or if they have their own state programs, whether or not smokable hemp has been outlawed in the state, things of that nature. Uh, even though this may be the case, it's still clearly a contentious topic. I reached out to several THCA flower brands and as soon as the questions around legality came up, they all ghosted me, which I found to be pretty interesting and pretty telling. Uh, and if you're not going to talk about it, clearly you know something is amiss. Uh, furthermore, consumers in states where THCA flower has been allegedly deemed lawful may still run the risk of being prosecuted for cannabis. Uh, as you were talking about earlier, Dale, if a police officer finds someone in possession of THCA flower and tests it, it's going to test positive for marijuana, test positive for THC. So how is that going to hold up in court if they're in a prohibition state? Um, and the lawyers that I spoke with said it was, it's a sticky subject, right? Even if you can furnish a COA, the burden of proof they were saying is more about your uh, ignorance of the law and the facts. And maybe some of the attorneys on the call can, can clarify that for me. But uh, the DEA recently alluded to THCA in a letter that was allegedly leaked online saying, again, cannabis-derived Delta-9 THCA does not meet, need, meet the definition of hemp because upon conversion for identification using that equation, equivalent to Delta-9. Uh, however, 
people who disagree with this notion argue that the original farm bill states that it's all about the THC, not the THCA, so it shouldn't matter. Um, however, the current landscape around high THCA flower uh, remains in a gray area. Many voices are arguing on both sides of it. While some are enjoying a perceived loophole, others insist it's only a matter of time before the hammer comes down. According to Reams, it's just too risky. Um, I'm really curious what everybody else on this call is uh, thinking about the THCA flower. Um, is it something that you've been seeing come up? Do you think that the when the farm bill is new that they're going to redefine what hemp actually is? Um, how is this all going to play out? Oh, man. Yeah, I think THC is definitely the elephant in the room in regards with that. And I'm just shocked to see all of these strains of weed being sold on the Internet on open platforms and shipped to all of these different states. And I think I think and Dale, we discussed this yesterday. I think I think anybody can make a legal case to say that none of their weed has THC in it. And it's only uh, it's only THCA since it hasn't been burned yet. Well, I, you might try that, and I wouldn't make any large bets it's going to work. And the problem goes back to the terms that were used before they knew what THC was, where they used hemp and marijuana. Mm -hmm. and the federal law still uses that antiquated racist term of marijuana. What the fuck does it mean? You get down to the tetrahydrocannabinoids that we're all talking about now. Meshulam identified THC, I think, in 1963, but by then, we already had this lexicon of hemp and marijuana, and they've been playing catch-up since then on these definitions. And Rochelle, I'm not, I'm not surprised that attorneys kind of their butt puckers up when you ask them about this, because no one has a good, solid answer. California uses the term, all tetrahydrocannabinoids are controlled. So it doesn't matter. If it's a tetrahydrocannabinoid, any analog, isomers, you know, synthetic derivation, whatever, it's all covered. But not every state does that. And attorneys' jobs, you know, the assholes that we are, is look for every loophole we can. And they've been looking for loopholes here. And if you say THCA isn't THC, then good luck with that. Because um, I wouldn't want to be the one risking prison to make that argument. As an attorney, yeah, you're going to pay me. I'll go make the argument. But I'm not going to be the one looking at the jailhouse door making that argument. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that, Dale. I'm, I'm like I said. I'm surprised that I even see it going on. But you know, these people are definitely making a killing on it, and there is access being provided. So I, I've just, I, I'm very, I'm very torn on a lot of these issues with in regard, in regards with THCA. I definitely think it's, it's, it's a super, super loophole. Gretchen, are you thinking it's going to get closed in this next farm bill, or what are you hearing? Oh, and I know what you're surprised about. Are you kidding me? I mean, I'm surprised. Everyone is going to push the envelope as far as they can until someone cracks down on them. So I don't understand why you think this is so odd that these people are doing this. Well, I, I, for and one, I, I think, think it's Washington odd that they're has the background or the knowledge uh, to close that loophole. You don't think that the federal government has the knowledge to close the loophole? No, because it's really? about science, and this ain't scientists writing this legislation. Nope. Oh, interesting take. That is very, very. I find that very interesting, Gretchen. Because I mean, they've been saying this since day one. They don't know the science. What are you just? I I I I understand that they don't know the science, but I'm just saying there's a lot of things that they can do very easily with a stroke of a pen that that would eliminate it. 
Right. And it's not and that difficult. Me if I think they will close this loophole, mm -hmm. which would uh, clear up the difference between THC and THCA. No, I don't think they're going to figure that out. Well, the fear is they'll do something and make it worse. That's what we've seen all along here. They make some decision, write something down, and it turns out they're full of shit on the science, and the attorneys come in and find every loophole. It's like, you just made the situation worse. Mm -hmm. it, we're going to keep doing this till somebody takes it out of the CSA, and sticks it someplace else, and stops having this mental masturbation over it. Let's just stop all this shit. You basically just told them to stick it where the sun doesn't shine, huh, Dale? Exactly. And they're all suffering from rectal myopia. Oh, man. Oh, man. On, on that, we're going to keep we're going to keep it moving. We're going to move right on into our last story of the day. It is the man that they love to hate. That's right. He represents the black conservative voice that Joe Biden would love to just silence for even acknowledging it exists, who is often shadow banned and is here with us live today on High at Nine News. It is none other than the Mr. Tony Montega. Thank you for having me here with all of uh, my esteemed colleagues. And I have a guest in the building. This is the Madman, uh, personal trainer for combat sports. Just who uh, it's the guy who gets to punch me in the face pretty often when we're training. So glad to have him here and let him uh, listen to the podcast. Congressional researchers say DA likely to reschedule marijuana. We spoke about this together with broad implications for taxes, housing, immigration, and more. Congressional research, congressional researchers say is likely that the Food and Drug Administration, the DEA, uh, will follow the top federal agencies' uh, uh, recent recommendations to reschedule marijuana, which have broad implications for federal policy in areas such as taxes, housing, immigration, military, eligibility, gun rights, and more. In a recent published, in a, re in a report uh, published on Wednesday, analysts for the Congressional Research Service, CRS, gave an overview of the cannabis uh, scheduling review directed by President Joe Biden last year and assessed the potential impact of moving marijuana from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3 on the Controlled Substance Act, CSA, as recommended by the United States Department of Health and Human Services, HHS. While the DEA has affirmed that it is bound by the health agency's scientific and medical findings, it can still make a conflicting schedule decision. But if it passed prolonged, it could be likely the DEA will reschedule marijuana according to the HHS's recommendations, CRS said. It pointed to an example of the DEA following HHS scheduling advice when it came to the synthetic uh, cannabinoid product, uh, Mirinol, which was uh, placed on the Schedule 3 in 1999. If marijuana uh, is rescheduled to Schedule 3, it would have broad implications for federal policy, CRS said. Also, the move would have significant implications for state uh, medical marijuana programs and users of medical marijuana, but fewer implications for state recreational marijuana programs and those who use marijuana recreationally. <clears throat> there is some disagreement among experts about the extent to which rescheduling cannabis 
would affect state level mar uh, medical marijuana programs. CRS says such an action would make it legal to manufacture, distribute, dispense, and possess medical marijuana. But others say with Food and Drug Administration, the FDA approval, and manufacturers obtaining DEA licenses, that could not be the case. CRS also said that scheduling uh, that, that a Schedule 3 uh, reclassification would mean that the state medical marijuana programs may now be able to comply with the CSA and will still be subject to CSA and DEA criminal and uh, regulatory control. Federal public health laws such as the FDA Food and Drug and Cosmetic Act and agricultural laws such as the Agricultural Marketing Act of 1946. The scope and demand of the DEA's oversight of federal uh, of medical marijuana and related products may grow considerably. In the short term, the FDA may need to generate or update a substantial amount of technical information to clarify its regulatory approach to marijuana for relevant stakeholders. Given that marijuana is a complex substance containing various pharmaceutical components and is available to consumers in numerous formats, the FDA may also need to consider long-term resource allocations to ensure that marijuana products consistently meet applicable re, uh, regulatory standards. Schedule 3 would also make it so medical cannabis patients would be eligible for uh, immigrant and non-immigrant visas. They could also purchase and possess firearms, the CRS said. It added that the same rights would not apply to adult-use cannabis consumers. Again, it is not clear the steps would be neat the steps the steps would be needed for state medical cannabis laws and people acting under those laws to come fully into compliance with rules for schedule three drugs colorado governor jared polis a democrat for example recently sent a letter to biden calling the fda guidance to minimize economic disruption promote state federal uh, collaboration and protect the public's health while respecting current state laws that's important the new CRS report says that under Schedule 3 medical um, uh, marijuana products and retailers will be able to deduct the cost of selling their product, i.e. payroll, rent, advertising, for the purposes of federal income tax filings, adding that the reclassification would also free up research to, into cannabis. The DEA would no longer set um, production quota limitations for marijuana. It said those who use Medical marijuana lawfully may contain may contend with fewer barriers to federal employment and eligibility to serve in the military. The report concludes that by noting that Congress could separately choose to address any number of issues related to the potential rescheduling of marijuana, including by independently rescheduling or disscheduling uh, cannabis or replacing it entirely and placing it on an entirely new schedule. If the administration reschedule process moves forward, Congress may consider whether to devote additional resources to the FDA and the U.S. Department of Agriculture uh, to ensure the safety and quality of many different products already available in many states, in many state markets, CRS said. As the DEA moves forward with its own review into cannabis scheduling, administration, administer, uh, Administrator and Milgram Milgram had made it clear that it is very well followed that they will very well follow the science. 
Biden, for his part, hasn't personally commented on the HHS rescheduling recommendations. But the House, but the White House press secretary did say last month that the president has made it very clear he has always supported the legalization of medical marijuana. Of course, that's not accurate to say that Biden has always backed cannabis reform. As a senator, he championed several legislations that ramped up the war on drugs and destroyed the black community. Congressional lawmakers across party lines have applauded the top uh, health agencies' recommendations. Some have described it as important step to the path of federal legalization. Others have claimed credit for the move, pointing to their years of advocacy, advocacy eh, sorry, you guys, around um, uh, marijuana reform. But not everyone is celebrating the news. This week, a coalition of 14 Republican congressional lawmakers urged the DEA to reject the HHS recommendations rescheduling marijuana and instead keep it in Schedule 1. Another uh, GOP lawmaker, Rep. Uh, Greg Mur uh, Murphy of uh, North Carolina, severally sent a letter to the HHS Secretary Xavier Bacara on Tuesday that voiced concern about the agency's rescheduling recommendations and prompted the official with several questions about how it reached this decision. Meanwhile, a GOP con uh, congressional congressman who, who does support legalization recently expressed concern that simply moving marijuana to Schedule 3 may inadvertently lead to the pharmaceutical industry takeover of the cannabis industry. And that's what we said last time when we actually spoke about this being moved to a Schedule 3. That's why I had to make sure that I read this. And I'm sorry if I kept y'all longer for eight minutes. But to me, this was really important because on this show, we told you guys that if it went to Schedule 3, that basically the pharmaceutical companies would then own marijuana so it's going to be difficult there still is a fight that's happening there's still going to be states that's going to that and they're going to know that they just re, they realize that the 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 instability this will cause economically because the states like colorado who are already highly dependent uh, on the taxes that they are getting from the dispensaries whether it's medical or recreational that they're not going to want to lose this type of money. This is going to be a fight that we, we need to, um, I think, voice our opinions on as much as we can possibly, because if it does move to a Schedule 3, although it, it would be cool for now, it won't once the pharmaceutical company gets a hold of it because they can treat it like prescription drugs that, you're not, that may not have your name on it when you're driving in a car, you know, and it can be even worse than that. You know, it's just a bad look. And I, I believe if it goes there, I don't think that the federal government, if it should be, it should just be decriminalized. That's it. Descheduled. Descheduled is the word. Descheduled is the word. Then it should be descheduled. Yes, or, that's or, what it if is. If it's going to be, if it's going to be regulated, it should be to a point like you do. You regulate it like a nutraceutical, like a nutraceutical. Twenty-one. Yes. Twenty-one and over. Look, like a plant. Be eighteen, getting high either. Be twenty-one. It's and an over. agricultural commodity. I, I, I would agree with it. It's an agricultural meet, commodity. That's how it got to be treated. Descheduled would be a disaster. Exactly. Absolute disaster. Any any number of rescheduling would be a disaster, and it will be exactly because it sounds like it's about there's to happen. Rules, there's a lot of rules and regulations in place for what it takes to to produce Schedule One through Five drugs, and I don't know of anybody that's a social social equity applicant right now that would qualify exactly. for any of that shit. I certainly I'm a felon. I'm never going to be in one of these businesses. We just gut what we're doing right now. And, and pharmaceuticals would be able to comply with all the regulations. So, yeah, open the door and let them in. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. End of this. Pretty much. And, and meanwhile. That that's, why, that's why I think that they, that's why I think that they initially even advocated for it to be moved to a, a 
descheduled to uh, level three because they already understood what the implications uh, would be. These people are not stupid. Um, they're not stupid at all. So they're trying to, this is the carrot with the stick. So, and this is all this is. This is the carrot with the stick. You know, you think that you're going to get it because it's dangling in front of your face, but it's absolutely not that. This is a backdoor way for the pharmaceutical company to come in and just completely take over the cannabis industry. Exactly, which is exactly the reason, why. The oh, go ahead, Gretchen. Schedule three was proposed is because it throws a carrot, like you say, Tony, out to the industry, getting rid of 280E and opens the door for research. That's what they think is going to get businesses on board and and going along with this. Uh, but as you say, they don't—they do not understand the implications of what this would actually do to the industry. And frankly, Washington does not care what it would do to this industry. Most of the folks that you are arguing with to try and get to change this do not care about cannabis. I don't care what you say. They're a hundred years old. They yeah. believe in reefer madness. It is not in their agenda to take care of this industry whatsoever. Take a look at Jared Huffman, congressman for Northern California. How many names do you see him? Sponsoring cannabis bills. He's got a billion dollar industry in his backyard and he doesn't do dick for it. That should tell people something. There you go. There, there, there you go. And on that, we're going to close it out today because the government doesn't care about you. Thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience. Thank you to our supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our sponsors and thank you to everyone showing up today on stage. We would definitely appreciate your time being here with us today and offering your insight. Um, yes, and thank you all and welcome to our Facebook and Rumble audiences. Thank you all for tuning in. You will start seeing us live every Monday through Friday as well on those platforms. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. It's America's number one daily cannabis news show.